Hello, welcome back to another episode of Make My Mayday. This is the audio version of the podcast. I will make this quick disclaimer. These shows are live streamed on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And as a result, sometimes there's references to visual aids or comments that we get live as we're, as we're streaming. I want to give brief, that brief disclaimer before we get started. Hopefully you, the audio listener, are enjoying this show. And if you are, let us know how what you think. Let us know how we're doing. And uh, leave us a review. Leave us five stars on your favorite podcasting app, such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify Podcasts. Or if you have something like Podcast Addict, if you're an Android user, uh, just let us know that you leave us a review. If you want to just shoot us a quick, quick note, uh, at Spidude Radio is our Twitter, at Spidude Network on Facebook, Instagram as well. You can also reach out to us via email at makemymayday at gmail.com or network at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you very soon. Welcome back to another episode of Make My Mayday. I'm Zach Joyner, webmaster, executive producer of SpideyDashU.com and Spidey Radio Network. Of course, I have Kelly here on the show, as always. We're delighted to have everyone here. Uh, we want to give a brief shout-out to our patrons at patreon.com slash Network. Guys like Binkman and Scott, thank you for your support. Uh, every dollar that you, uh, that you give us goes straight back into those website costs and it helps ensure that we have great great shows like this one continuing on speaking of uh i just posted today uh, uploaded today the new trailer for voices from the eerie a gargoyles podcast it's going to be associated here with us at spidey radio network and uh, really excited about that if you didn't hear it on spectacular radio you can definitely go check that trailer out on the youtube page uh of course we have our other shows like spec radio bonesong chronicles Maze Spider-Man Classics and Spidey Experience. So, uh, just had our last latest episode of that show on Wednesday, and so if you haven't checked that out, go check that out after you get done watching this program. So, once again, uh, this, like I said, like I've already said to to our video listeners, but we are covering issues thirty-nine through forty-three today of Spider Girl. Yep. So, Kelly, um, I by the way, I have to mention this. I forgot to put this in the notes, but I got my copy. So I know Yay! how uh, I'm excited because <laughs> I, I had to wait. So um, it's interesting to see what they they've tried to put something like that. Unless you get the single issues, you don't always have. Yeah. And, you know, uh, so it's really nice to have the collection. It's not in the digests. Um, mm-hmm. uh, if you're following along in the digest, speaking of this is volume eight duty calls. Yep. Has the same cover to issue 43. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're following along in that way, you can. Or, of course, if you're following along on um, Marvel Unlimited, you can follow along with us. So, uh, Kelly, that is the intro. Uh, is there? There's no housekeeping, right? <laughs> no, I, just- I, I haven't seen anything. Things have been very quiet. Um, I mean, I wish that there was stuff. Mm-hmm. We, we, could, we could talk about... Uh, the the mayday block spree by a certain person but i'm not going to name them uh and how my theory is it had something to do with someone looking for praise in a mayday tag and not getting it oh, no yeah uh, i'll just say a notorious former writer of spider-man uh went on a block spree and blocked specifically mayday fans including well, fans he, he blocked his own fans people that were defending him and promoting him they just you know agreed when people said 
hey, I don't like this characterization in Spider-Verse. And they were like, yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, this episode's... I, I have no words, okay? But I, I am very mad for them still because I think that that was unfair. <laughs> By the way, we're also, we've also jokingly today on Facebook been pl- trying to plan a Spider-Man podcast gala. And we've yeah, determined- yeah, yeah. We we so, need a we need a Spider Man podcast gala, even though I think that a Spider Verse gala like the Hellfire Gala currently going on in X Men would really just be us having like a Fight Club pizza party in the back alley of somewhere. Yeah, uh, we we get into. I'll be like I love our Spider Man crew, uh, all the podcasters, because we all have very interesting takes and we're very dedicated fans. But uh, I do feel like sometimes. <laughs> All we do is fight. <laughs> Listen, I, I made the joke that that in my head canon, I was envisioning all the podcasters as gangs and doing yeah. motions and uh, doing West Side Stories fights. So, uh, yeah. if you've never seen West Side Story, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But I think that's on HBO Max. You know what? You know what? The the family that fights together uh, stays together. So, hey, listen. Go. Even if yeah. it's each other. <laughs> so, we got um, we got Matt Bird on. We got Vinkman. Hi, Matt. Later, hey, Vinkman. Bench. Hello to Hi, Paul. Uh, Paul and Ryan Reed. So, okay, Hi. all right. So let's let's talk about uh, issue thirty nine. I'm going to do yeah. the first two recaps, and then Kelly's going to take over on the recaps from there. So from for, yeah, forty one uh, to forty three. Yes. So uh, issue opens with a. Did I put a band? Why did I put? Oh. What. Bang! I meant to say bang, and I, it, it auto-corrected to band. Well, it either auto-corrected or I went too fast through the spell check. Oh, so the issue it. with a bang with May uh, trying to help new Spider-Man, he gets shot and freaks out. This, of course, confuses May uh, because it also confuses the reader. He's like literally freaking out that he he got hit. So, oh, that's the wrong number. Oh, there it is, thirty-nine. There you um, go. Uh, so, uh, cut to prison with Kingpin and Mr. Nobody. Kingpin is really not pleased with by this because he wishes for things to be on a tight schedule. Um, he doesn't like to, ha- you know, for Mr. Nobody to teleport when uh, people can see him because it gives, a, you know, kind of gives away his mystique and aura a little bit. So, uh, meanwhile, we're back at the website. Phil and Normie tell May that they can handle things while our mom's pregnant. Uh, Normie gives up his cell phone. Uh, so that way, if they need to contact her, they will call her. Uh, upon leaving, she encounters he- Heather and Jimmy, and May tries to talk sense into Jimmy before Jimmy kind of turns around and throws it back in her face. Uh, just missing the two lovebirds is Brad. He shows up, and he's like trying to ask for May's help, maybe to be a mediator in the situation, because Heather's been acting weird. Gee, I wonder why. Um, and, we'll find out. Well, yeah, we'll- we kind of, we know, but... So, uh, and she kind of sits there and turns around on her like, look, I don't need to be in the middle of this. Like, you two need to talk in private, have this conversation, sit down. So, uh, she runs off. She heads, she heads home. Uh, May tries to help out and wants a mom-daughter day, but MJ has, has unfortunately got plans on this day. So, May to start wonders where her dad is. So, we then cut to Peter meeting with Julia Carpenter, the second Spider-Woman. They're in Central Park having a brief stroll as uh, she's trying to fill in 
the situation when it, in regards to the second Spider-Man, as we as we saw last issue. Um, she's needing to get into contact with Spider-Man, so she's like, "Look, you're." Everybody assumes Spider-Man's dead, and I think this is the first time we've heard that I can recall Spider-Man being dead. In like, I think so. The issue is, is just he stopped showing up. So I think it's more just hearsay and rumors, and probably people that knew what happened to Pete probably just created that rumor amongst the superhero group. Yeah. But it's never like fully explained. So that's just kind of like what your opinion on how that happened happened. Exactly. It's, it is. It's kind of like uh, urban legend on tale type thing. Everybody's yeah. just dead that he's since he's not been showing up. So um, which we'll learn definitely in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the Our story. Next issue. Yeah, next issue. <laughs> yeah, that's starting what. to do what I do. I'm trying to get better about it. Yeah. So uh, she's needing to get in contact with Spider-Man, obviously, and so she's reached out to Peter. That's one. That's the big reason. So Davida may meet up, and Davida is giving some bad, almost gives bad advice when JJ and Richie are are out and about, and her attention is then immediately drawn elsewhere. As soon as she sees Richie, she's like a heat-seeking missile. She has to meet this guy. Let's get, you know. So. Davida's like dragging May along, and of course JJ's there with Richie, and Richie introduces the two. Um, as after JJ introduces them to Richie, Nancy is is there because apparently they were supposed to meet up. Uh, Nancy and JJ, she sees Mayday, glares at her, turns around, walks away. So it's not going well for Mayday or probably JJ, and he doesn't know it yet. Meanwhile, back at Canis Kennels, uh, Crazy Eight is talking with Canis. He's trying to find out what Canis' motive, motive is, and he wants to protect his brother. When Fa- Funny Face shows up and interrupts him, he's kind of upset with the situation. We, get, we cut back to school, and we run into Felicity, literally. Uh, we find that another locker has been uh, has been uh, has had things uh, destroyed or stolen, and May has her suspicions, thinking that maybe it's Felicity. When Flash Thompson, Coach Flash Thompson shows up to talk about Nancy. And then Nancy walks in. Mm-hmm. So he does this right in front of her. Of course uh, he does. It's Flash. Yeah, it's Flash. I mean, this is <laughs> very in character of Flash. Flash has a, at least this iteration of Flash uh, has a tendency to put his foot in his mouth a lot. So back at Central Park, uh, Peter and, Fli- and Julia discuss the origins of Jerry, uh, I, I just did away with all the pleasantries. So mm-hmm. uh, I think she actually puts him in that particular scene. Back at Forest Hills, MJ and Felicia are talking. When MJ suddenly passes out, we cut back to the kennels where Eight, Crazy Eight, and Funny Face are talking things out. When Phil shows up, this this is not looking good for Phil. New Spidey thinks it's time to spring into action and writhes in pain. Meanwhile, back at school, Courtney is looking for help with the Heather, Brad, and Jimmy triangle, but uh, Mayday is more focused on Nancy. She eventually finds her at the end of the hall, and Mayday and Nancy's upset and you, uh, accidentally uses her powers against her, throwing her against the lockers. Then Normie immediately afterward calls May, and we learn the last panel of the issue is that Phil is in very bad shape. Yeah. So... Kelly, what are your thoughts on this particular issue? Um, well, you did forget to go into the fact that we have a different penciler here, which is Chris I, I, Batista. Yes, this is his. Uh, I, I was going to do that on the very top, and I did. <laughs> that was my bad. Uh, yeah, Chris, this is Chris Batista's only uh, time-drawn Spider-Girl. Mm-hmm. 
it she he did a guest spot um and actually i did a month of mayday for the outfit that she wears going to see davida uh ah. and did tag him in it because he is on Instagram and he he only had nice words about what he remembers from this. He felt very honored that he got this, that he could draw this issue. Uh, I yeah. love I love the art. I love how different it is. Um, I will say that it 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 doesn't bug me, but it's just very funny at how uh, he draws Normie because Normie looks a lot like a young Harrison Ford in some of these panels. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that, but yeah. No, I kinda, is... I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of into it, but it's like, it's, it's a, it's a different take, especially cause uh, you know, once we get to some around friends's art, sometimes it, it looks a lot like ramen hair, Justin Timberlake of said time. Uh, so that's very different people, very different looks. I, I almost isolated. It's gotta be May. Just the just just that phrase, and I almost put it on the soundboard, and I didn't, and I regret it. But it's May. I told you to. Well, I didn't I tell didn't you to. I told you don't do it because we'd probably get like <laughs> censored. But you know, we're yes. not making money off these anyway, so whatever. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, you know, I I really like the art. I just like the art as a guest artist. Um, I think that the art is really neat. Um, it's just different a good different in the way that it's, it's, you know, it's, it's nice to look at. Sometimes it's nice to have a guest artist, um, you know, as far as the episode, or see, I'm saying I'm doing it. Uh, as far as the issue goes, uh, you know, I felt like the words Jimmy says is kind of cold coming back, like clapping back about JJ. It's not, yeah. you know, maze. That whole situation is, yeah, I guess on the outside it is May's fault, but it's not May's fault. Like she didn't mean to flake on him, um, you know, and that happens. And then of course, poor Nancy, um, kind of, you know, this is she's upset. She's at a new school. She has yeah. this power that she can't talk about. Um, mm. You know, so she feels very guarded. She feels like the friendly faces she's making are only there to recruit her. Uh, right. So the only person she really can trust is JJ, who, because more than likely, even though he he is a flirt, he probably is focused on her, but also the buzz, which means she probably thinks he runs off on her to go see other people, too. And, yeah. you know, so she feels very alone right now. So I get why she reacted the way she did. She can't control her powers like when she's like that. Uh, I don't think any teenager can control their emotions when they're like that. And that's kind of a thing on that but it's you know it it just it poor nancy uh and then of course yeah uh you know there's a lot of stuff going on it's it's just really cool yeah i like i say i like this art this is actually the last issue that i had to buy to finish my collection for the uh, individual issues for some reason i could not find this one <laughs> when i was hunting them down uh but this was so this was my very last one to complete it uh and i forgot that there was chris batista art uh, i remember you mentioning it in uh when you did your month of mayday last year and yeah I, but i slipped my mind and i was like oh this is the this is the chris batista issue so i don't know yeah but uh love the issue it's really good um definitely a, a different style of cover 
I don't. I don't necessarily see. I will say this: like out of uh, this issue and then fifty-one, I always assume that this is like off the top of my head. I associate this cover with issue fifty-one because I don't like this cover. I, yeah. you know, not trying to be mean about it. It's just, it's not my favorite cover. It's a little weird um, that, as we all know, I have a thing about uh, what I call boob socks. Others <laughs> might call them boob pockets. It's been a very hot topic on comic Twitter lately, thanks to a Tumblr post and J. Scott Campbell. Um, but like that, you know, it's kind of got that boob socky action on it. It really does look like, hold on, I've got her. Where'd she go? There she is. Uh, very much looks like the 1999 uh, Toy Biz yeah, action or, figure. Or, or the, Honestly, uh, like, it really, no, no, because see, those boobs are pointy and like she's just not wearing a bra with body paint. Uh, this is, <laughs> this is clearly like bolted on um, madness. Yeah. So by the it's, way, those that are, uh, the audio listeners that are listening back to this later, uh, you got to watch the YouTube stream because like. Yeah. Also, yeah, we're literally, we're literally playing show and tell right now with our various uh spider girl toys speaking of i actually uh vinkman helped me find the metallic version of that one hopefully in a better condition than my other one uh the of the uh bust? Of the the alex uh ross bus yeah because on um, on this one right here uh this the paint is falling off because i bought the second hand and they did not keep it in a air-conditioned unit so therefore the weather caused the paint to shrink you know, and chip yeah i got this one uh from the comic shop as is i never got I, it, it didn't have the box but i bought a second one for my friend and it like the the lines on the spider we had to like fill it in with some yeah. putty and repaint it um a little bit to get it to where it looked and it looks you could you can't tell i mean you can't tell that we even did anything to it but yeah we had to get some some they, they're not they're not meant to i mean they're meant for display they're meant for yes they're very they're the paint on them too like think about how old these things are so the paint is old so if it was sitting outside and the weather changes it's not good uh for any yeah. figurine um so yeah so the paint's chipping on that one so Vinkman helped me find the metallic version, which, you know, the metallic versions of those were rare. They had four of them. I didn't even know about the fourth one. Um, so he helped me find that. And so I got that. Now I have the metallic version of Venom and the metallic version of Spider-Girl and then this Spider-Girl that chips, but that's okay. Yeah, there was only... Um, I'll give it to somebody made... later. <laughs> Dynamic, Dynamic Forces made those busts. There was only 5,000 of them made. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're, they're 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 collectible. You can find them on eBay. Um, no, but yeah, no, no, I'm just gonna hold my other stuff now. <laughs> uh, if anyone the, doesn't know, this is like number two of seven hundred of these busts. So I I yeah, value she, this one a lot. <laughs> she does. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this, this issue really is good. The plot thickens. It 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 progresses the this slice of life i felt like there was a good di and like you're seeing most of my action figures right now yeah i mean uh, that's fine um <laughs> you weren't even seeing me um <laughs> but uh yeah the uh, like i said i really enjoyed this issue it's really good jimmy's response was kind of douchey 
Well, uh, I I get it. Like the I get so like if it was a show or a movie, it would be the reason. Like his reasoning behind saying it like that is mm-hmm. because he he is he got caught and he's being defensive. But it's you know it's just it's a low blow period because it's very clear that he's 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 not above uh going below the belt to get out of bad situations which kind of does make him perfect for heather because we'll talk about that later on (laughs) uh but it's yeah it's just it's very uh it's not cool because like this is somebody that literally like what maybe 20 issues ago he had a huge crush on and in high like in their in world time has only been like a few weeks like maybe six weeks yeah yeah yeah. well again when you're somebody like jimmy who's probably never had a terrible amount of success with women when you finally get that success you sometimes try to change yourself and this is not i'm reserving my rights on what i feel about heather right now Right. Uh, like he thinks that Heather's like into him and maybe she is, maybe she's not. We'll find out here I'm, in a little bit. I mean, we'll, we'll find out. Not, not so, in this, not in this ep- uh, episode, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but like I say, it's a good issue. Uh, Batista is one of only four artists that worked on the spider girl title. Uh, we have, we'll have one more in a couple of episodes, I think, uh, depending on, yeah. our, um, which is the infamous issue 51. But other than yeah. that, usually Pat or Ron. Uh, so having Batista coming in, his his work very much flows with um, especially Pat's artwork, I think. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it gives it a really different feel to yeah. the series. Um, but, you know, it, it doesn't really change the series much, obviously. But it, it gives it almost a more... It, it's, it's weird. It's kind of like, you know... Pat's very untold tales. Uh, Ron kind of brought, I'll be honest, like I feel like Ron's art, even though, what was it? I think I used uh, something very similar to that poster that is infamous for uh, Girl Eat a Sandwich. And um, it. uh, Stuff at the time, he says. Okay, here's my thing. It's cartoony looking yes but i don't mind it because it was very dynamic in the way it flowed and i enjoyed it just as a tween uh you know who was just enjoying comics it was clean it's nice i I don't i don't understand why everyone's freaking out about it honestly even even now even now people will see it for the first time and go where's her rib cage it's it's a comic book chill like just chill but again i think that um there was some, if I'm remembering right, this was again that was a lot during the J, the the end no, of no, the no. Jam- I mean, it, well, there was also backlash actually, and I love that I have my props just sitting here, um, because it wasn't intended. But like, so here, a lot of back during the day that they were arguing about that, it was a large part of they were putting these stats on the websites and on everything, and for yeah. a long, long time, um, and until around amazing on the website, they kept the earth X uh, stuff, which is she's five, five 
I'm five five, so I like I like her being five five. Um, but they put her weight as 112 pounds. That would be scarily skinny to me. Like I don't think that I could get there without starving myself because if I have any kind of muscle to pull myself up or do any of those gymnastics, it wouldn't work. Um, like it just it's not possible. Um, and that's where that came from. But that had nothing to to. <sighs> I just feel like people maybe misunderstood the original argument online. And so then it went from like, oh, well, look, look at how skinny he's drawing her. But eh, like, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, but yeah. So no. What I was going to say is it brings a different feel because it's kind of like to me. Ron's art kind of is bring spider girl into its own versus there's like the untold tales aspect with Pat. And then. Yeah this kind of almost feels like it, it feels very WB to me. Like it's very nice art, but like, it's almost like it needs to be like a romance, a nineties era, like romance kind of comic or graphic novel versus I, I think, I think the action. Inking, yeah. I think the inking too kind of gives it a little bit of a sanitized look. And I don't know if that's, in, that was Chris's intention, but it's very, it's it's almost too clean with the artwork compared to you know like like I when you look at I like it I like it don't get me wrong but like it is you know when you're kind of going through and you're reading you know and you're used to Al and Pat it, it's like oh okay you know you can all, I could always tell when Livesay was doing the art was mm -hmm. doing the and I think it's just because we're we're in the infancy of the digital inking age and stuff like that because there's going to be some things when we get closer to fifty. Um, uh, that I'll definitely talk about too, but I'll, uh, I do want to do want to tell everybody this was released on October 3rd of 2001 mm -hmm. with the cover date December, 2001. So, uh, yeah. So we then cut to issue number 40. There we go. 40. 40. All right. Oh, man. I was, I was 11 at this point. Yeah. Released this on November. They're 20 years old. They're like. I Almost 20 years old. <laughs> November 7th, 2001, which is actually my dad's birthday. Uh, cover dated January of 2002. And um, it, the, the cover says death without warning, but the actual title of the issue is a death in the family. So, which for the Batman fans usually mean it's pretty ominous when you have that title. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, our issue opens with Mayday in a panic because uh, we think maybe that she's heading over to maybe she's heading over to, to see Phil. But no, she's actually heading over to see her mother uh, and checking on her at the hospital. Um, Wait. Like, well, yes. Are you sure? Because I thought she visited Phil. No, not yet. Because okay. it picks up. She only she only talked to talked to Normie on the phone from last issue. Uh, that's right. That's right. Okay. And so that's right. the opening splash page where she's like kind of in a panic and um, I don't know why I was thinking I, you look uh, yeah anyway sorry like when you look at the first like when you open the open the splash page you don't you're like you're you're when you read the captions you're starting to get the idea but you know for somebody that's like maybe reading the trades um, you know it definitely cuts cuts across so um, of course. Sad and Felicia, who are there, and um, that we find out that Mary Jane is stable for now, which sounds ominous. Uh, we cut to uh, 
a junkyard with a Mr. Node buddy, nobody, Mr. Nobody, and Crazy Eight are talking, and they're uh, and they're going back and forth. Uh, Mr. Nobody is teed off because of the conversation that Crazy Eight and uh, his brother and Canis had last issue. Uh, he thinks that uh, you know he he worked. Mr. Nobody is loyal to a fault to the Kingpin, and he uh, wow. He wants yeah. Kingpin to believe he's loyal to a fault. That's true. That's true. Uh, so JJ is out and about when he finds Jimmy, who is scared because he thinks he's about to get pounded into the cement. Uh, because of course he's been, he's been the other the other man with Brad. So basically, he's worried that Moose and Brad are going to go out and, and and beat him up. I mean, they did at one point. That's true. <laughs> in a computer shop, we get into that in this. Yes. Sorry, it's just it's funny that they went into a computer store, like they went into a micro center, <laughs> looking to beat him up. And I'm like, what are you gonna do in a pri- like in a store, in a retail store? You know, grab a grab a, a, a Microsoft Dell notebook. I don't know. I'm trying. No, to think but of- like you're gonna get like banned from the store, possibly arrested. What? Get out! Get out of the private property. Well, maybe they would just—they were going to politely escort him out the store, go That's, to the alley, meet him up in the alley. I don't know. No, no. Moose is not that smart. <laughs> Brad's not that smart either. Uh, yeah, let's be, let's be real. And Brad's and Brad's the voice of reason in this scenario. So and, back and, and I feel like I, I need to like preface: it's Brad Miller. Brad Miller is not that smart. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want anyone like cutting these clips up. And using them out of context. That's true. Brad Miller. Not our friend Brad. Okay. Yeah, not 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 crawlspace Brad. This is Brad Miller. This is Brad Miller. Uh so back at the hospital, May thinks that maybe she should lay lay low and let the new Spidey take over, but this is when Peter tells her the truth that he is in fact dying. She decides to go find him. She uh, heads over to the website first and kind of informs Normie and Phil as to what's going on, but she feels the responsibility to go try to find him. Cut back to the hospital. Peter and, and MJ are having to discuss things because MJ's pregnancy puts her at a considerable risk. Meanwhile, Dumb and Dumber, a.k.a. Moose and Brad, are out in the computer store on the hunt, but Courtney intercepts them and rightfully, rightfully calls Moose out. Mr. Nobody is back meeting with Fisk and tells Fisk that he's uh, to, tells Fisk to uh, and he tells him about Crazy Eight trying to protect his brother that he has more of his interests more lie with protecting his brother than than protecting the interests of the of the Fisk Empire and so Fisk decides that uh, maybe he should uh, start to act on these plans. New Spidey and Mayday meet up and he reveals that he is indeed dying. We cut him back and forth, but back at the kennels. Uh, which is where actually Mayday and, and New Spidey are they're meeting just outside the kennels. Uh, Face is struggling with the potential alliance uh, between Crazy Eight and them when Mr. Nobody shows up. Guns a-blazing. Jerry finally gives his full origins here. Basically, he was born with a rare uh, blood condition and in a, an attempt to save his life, Je- his mother Jessica tries to... Um, do the same experiments that got the, is Jessica drew. Yeah. Jessica drew his mother. Yeah. yeah Jerry drew Jessica drew. So Jer- uh, Jessica was subjected to uh, experiments. That's how she got the spider woman powers. And that's how he ended up inheriting his powers, but he's still, it still has not cured him of his disease. 
And so he is still trying. He, while he was a child, she would tell him stories about all the superheroes and she, he, her, his favorite superhero happened to be Spider-Man. So because he did not want to base his costume on his mother's because he didn't think it was that impressive, which I think was a dig from DeFalco. <laughs> <laughs> knowing what I know about how he feels about spider woman, AKA the kiss of death. Um, I mean, there's even a, uh, I think in this issue, there's even a joke where may says how, I mean, how many spider women were there? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I I know that that's, that, that is a question that gets bandied about. So, um, when he after he gives his origins, he's like he's basically more or less on a suicide mission. He's trying to do the most good he, as he can before he actually dies, and so he decides to leap it leap into action, not thinking. And Mayday is and he jumps straight into the battle between Canis, Mister Nobody, and Fain, and uh, and Funny Face. When Eight Crazy Eight shows up to interrupt, Jerry continues the fight, and he, uh, and Mayday is hesitating because she promised to keep him, try to keep him safe and try to keep him out of harm's way. And she's trying to stay out of this gang war. And so she's just this ball of nerves. She wants to stay out of this fight, but uh, Jerry is not, not winning this battle right now. I mean, at one point Canis is like, you just need to go home and go away when nobody uh, teleports and says, look, the only way to get rid of these, uh, these hero types is to just shoot him and ask questions later. And just as he's about to shoot Jerry may saves Jerry, but crazy eight is caught in the crossfire. Dun, dun, dun. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Jerry doesn't realize his actions have consequences because he's chastising may when she makes him look and create and funny face who is, and I put is crazy. Blames Mayday. The end for now. It's the end of the issue. Kelly, your opinions. Okay, so I will say on that last page, I don't necessarily think that it's Jerry not understanding his actions have consequences as much as it. he didn't even realize everything happened so fast he didn't even realize that the bullet was meant Went for him. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was just more like, man, I've got this. I don't know what you're talking about. Like I would have missed it. Like, you know, like he, he really doesn't, all he notices before he even realizes, I think a gun is even drawn on him at that point is she came in and tackled him down and he was trying to be the big man. And so therefore she's got his ego again. But once he realizes he is also in shock, they're all in shock because that wasn't the intention. However, I do also want to mention, because I don't think you, you, you talked about it, but the issue at hand here, and this has been building has been Mr. Nobody did not trust crazy eight. At all. Yes. Um, And so there's a possibility here, not necessarily stating that it's outright. Like it's very clear that it's just got caught in the crossfire, Mm. but there's this possibility that, Mr. Nobody knew maybe like if he hit Spidey a certain way, it would also hit crazy eight, take two birds out and just say, Oh man, the crossfire. And you know, we learned that Mr. Nobody is, is that smart? Is that dangerous? It is possible. Um, I don't think it's just touched on, but there's this, there's this cataclysm here. So with that being said, I, 
I really wrote, ah, I hate this issue. I don't hate this issue. I love this issue in the sense that it is a great story. I hate this issue in the sense that what what comes next and what this means. Um, this is a turning point for me. Uh, not necessarily this issue here, but it's the start of a turning point because it's a start of a lesson she needs to learn. Um, and the thing is, this isn't May's fault. Like, And it's really weird because I could see if she was older and not necessarily like, because she learned this lesson that she has to learn, but just being older, you know, she would have listened to her instincts and this could have been prevented, but she's not older. She's not at 18, 19, you know, she's not an adult here. This is very clear. This is still 15 year old brain. She's just dealt with her mom, you know, for all intents and purposes, nearly dying and losing the baby and losing her own life. Her dad, you know, who she could probably tell is very shaken up and worried regardless of the brave face Peter puts on for all of this, it, you know, so she, this is all in her brain. She promised her parents she wasn't going to go out here and do this. She only ever meant to talk to Jerry because she found out why Jerry was doing this and she didn't want him running in and basically having his suicide mission, which is very clear that that's part of this situation. Um, and why Jerry doesn't really value his his neck as much but he wants to go out as a hero so he's gonna do it and so that's all she wanted to do and that's all she she did she didn't jump into the fight to fight the this gang war she went in to save jerry's neck and now she's being blamed not only by funny face who i could understand even with his insanity just grief stricken needing to blame someone going to blame the person he already has adversarial feelings towards but also mr nobody like we'll find out when i'm record you know when i talk about my breakdown in the next issue we find out mr nobody uses it to blame uh blames her instead of him getting originally fired or uh blamed for the for the the issue with Fisk. So then Fisk puts out something. Canis puts out, uh, or Canis puts out a uh, bounty on our head for it. Um, we find out that another character who is close to Crazy Eight is coming for May's neck, and it's all because all she was doing was trying to save a life. And you know, had she been older, I think she would have trusted her instincts and gone in sooner, and that would have prevented this. But she had that panic moment. She, did, she didn't want to break her promise. She had no intentions of hurting anybody here. And, you know, it really hurts that that's what happens because she, you know, she discusses it. It's a choice to intervene. And this was the unintended consequence of that choice. Yeah. And ugh, it's just, it's, it's really hard to deal with it. And I really hate that she blames herself because she very clearly right here, like, blames herself and then she'll kind of go back around like i didn't i didn't it wasn't my fault because logic dictates it's not her fault no but she still feels guilty right and uh, it certainly doesn't help that you, your your father is the the king of guilt you know yeah. i mean and so that this is part of her you know father in her that she she does take things especially right now so personally but um yeah, I, I think this is a highly tragic story. It's the, the story of Crazy Eight. At first, he's just kind of bonkers and wacky. Um, 
or as my daughter says, he's crazy. Um, but I mean, he, that, that is his name. That is his name. And so, you know, the, you're going to see, it, it just adds a depth to the story and, and it, it, the characters become much more three dimensional. Um, and and so I, I think it it's a really good issue. It really is. I know you said you hate it because I know you don't hate it, but yeah, no, it's, I don't hate it. It's just it. I, I hate, I hate how uh, gut wrenching it winds up being like even, you know, even rereading it over and over and over again and knowing what happens. It's just, it's a tough story to, reconcile with as a reader when you root for May because you know on the outside this isn't her fault but you're also reading it through her eyes and you know the guilt she's going to put on herself because she decided to be Spider-Girl to make sure people lived and this is the opposite of living so mm-hmm. it's you know it it's a tough issue. There you go. Not hate. It's a tough issue, but I will still probably say, Ugh, I hate it. But not. Uh, those that are reading along in the comments, <laughs> uh, let us know what you think. And, we'll, and I'll post them up as uh, Kelly is going to be um, jumping forward. If, if you're ready, we'll jump forward. To yeah, I'm ready. All right. So hopefully you can help me with a little bit of background first, though. So this was released December 5th, 2001, and the cover date is February 2002. It also has the 9-11 symbol on the cover. If you were around during comics at that time or have picked up those comics past, you will know that normally that was kind of the whole uh, 9-11 tribute. And I know that this wasn't like officially a part of it in any way, uh, but it is a very special issue in the fact that it is completely wordless. There are no words in this comic and everything is, everything is scripted and done through a visual, like the visual so, aids and, and the beautiful work of Pat Olaf. Um, because it, I don't, uh, as I, as I discuss the breakdowns, I'll try to like explain the emotions and stuff as best as possible that it gives off. Um, but it's, it's a very, to me, it's a very underrated and very important comic just in all of, Marvel for the fact that it it's very bold and that it has no words. The um, I, I will note uh, the same month that 39 came out was the amazing Spider-Man nine uh, eleven tribute issue. So this yeah. is continuing that tradition. There was a lot, all the comics that were being published around this time, because at this point, this is really when things were starting to be scripted. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll go into the enough said stuff. Uh, well, explain. this is called fu- Funeral for a Fiend. So yes, it's not, not actually called Enough Said. <laughs> I'll explain that. Uh, like I say, I'll explain that when we get to it. And I'll let you do the breakdown first. and then. Okay. All right. All right. So like I said, this is a completely wordless comic. Um, we start off with a worker at the city morgue unzipping a body bag and being shocked to find Crazy 8. Meanwhile, May rushes into the website frustrated and upset over what happened and throws her mask on the floor with force. She smashes uh, something Normie was working on while thinking about what just happened. Uh, To me, it looked like a camera and a VHS player like Normie and Phil used to coach Phil as the Green Goblin, but I'm not 
sure it's just stuff on a desk. Uh, this shocks Normie, and he goes to check on May to see if she's okay, putting a hand on her shoulder. May turns around and completely breaks down in Normie's arms. Phil looking on is I put Phil looking on quietly. Of course he's quiet. There's no words. <laughs> but he, he looks he looks on contemplatively. Um at the morgue, the worker uh, who is an autopsy attendant or a, I think it's a dineer is another word, uh, or sometimes aut autopsy technician, uh, is cleaning, removing Crazy Eight's wig, costume, and makeup, revealing a normal-looking young man. Funny Face is at Canis's kennel and is so upset his makeup is running down his face from his tears. Canis goes to get his attention, but it's in a different manner than the way Normie grabbed May's shoulder. Like, you can tell Canis might understand Funny Face's pain, but there's not a kindness in how he is acting towards him. And I don't really know how to describe it other than if you saw the panel. Um, but, the, you know, it. and then I wrote, like, a little side note. Like, this would be a really fun, because uh, thinking about, like, you know, when I was talking about 20... Um, 27 and how it would be an amazing like one act play or short story this would be a really fun fan film in the fact that it is quiet so you would have to act everything out um but like i said it's just the way it's drawn it canis's touching funny face's shoulder is vastly different than normie touching May's shoulder and it's you can completely tell just from how they're standing and how the arms are being placed on the shoulders and you just have to look at it yourself look at the issue yourself um so funny face slaps canis's hand away and blasts something in the kennel yard and flies off canis just looks on may walks back home and senses nancy is there she, she, nancy is staring across the street and sees that may notices her but may turns and walks into the house nancy assumes that this coldness is from her actions from knocking may into the lockers at hours from 30, 39. Yeah. 39. And uh, so it was like last issue or issue before last, but from 39. And obviously like we know that that's not the case for me at all. She just doesn't have time to deal with Nancy's apology right now. And I don't think she wants to hear anything right now because she's beating herself up. So news stations are talking about crazy eight's death. And in the Drew household, Jessica is listening and looking into Jerry's room where Jerry dressed as Spider-Man is looking at his, uh, I call it a serial killer wall, his crazed fan wall, and is really looking at the old Daily Bugle Spider-Man photos and just, it looks like he's just thinking. He's really staring at these photos and I think thinking about what it means to be Spider-Man. Um, Jessica turns away to look at the news one more time and turns back to check on Jerry and finds that Jerry's gone. Um, a man at a funeral home puts a carnation into a lapel. The lapel is Crazy Eights' suit that they've put him in. Uh, his body is in a casket for a funeral service. An elevator opens at a hospital to reveal Normie with a small bouquet of flowers. He's visiting Mary Jane, and Peter is also there. Peter looks at him as Normie looks at Peter. Then we get two panels of Spider-Man and Green Goblin looking at each other. But as Normie goes to shake Peter's hand, Peter pulls him in for a hug. Mary Jane looks on smiling. Um, Macon contemplates on what to do. She seems antsy, nervous, uh, tapping her fingers against the mantle. 
And as she turns on the TV, she sees that the news is still talking about the death of Crazy 8, and she runs out of the house. She goes back to the website and changes, grabs her mask that is still on the floor from when she threw it down. Um, I did write on here, it must have been at least a few days if Crazy 8 is already having his funeral service. So, you know, basically, I don't think anyone's touched the website in a few days after what happened. Um, May looks at her mask and puts it on. Uh, the next scene is a, a scavigator is digging up a plot for a burial. And Phil, who also seems to be at the website, but I put a question mark there, is staring at his mask and he touches his wound. And then we get another panel of Phil looking at his mask. Uh, so he's also clearly thinking about what it means to do this and be a hero and be the Green Goblin, especially when it means getting almost killed. Um, and so he's just kind of thinking about that. Uh, Canis is struggling to pick up a box in a warehouse when Spider-Man arrives. Canis hits him hard and brings Jerry. I was like, wait, why am I talking about Jerry? But brings Jerry Spider-Man to the ground. And Canis continues to pummel Spider-Man until we see May's hand come out and block Canis's fists. She stands in a classic hero pose and stares Canis down. Canis hands her a knocked-out Spider-Man, and May takes Jerry to safety. Canis narrows his eyes as he looks on. At Ravencroft, Funny Face blows a hole in the wall and knocks out, uh, we learn later, 20-something guards, but it looks about maybe eight here. And we see Angel Face, um, Crazy Eight and Funny Face's mother, in a dark cell, smiling. Funny blasts her cell door open and sees her. He cuts her straight jacket to free her arms as she looks at him. And she holds his face in her hands as they get down on the floor and Angel holds her child and comforts him. Jerry wakes up on a rooftop and May offers to help him up. Jerry knocks her hand away, struggles to get up, and then swings away. May looks on. A casket is lowered into the ground and buried. A cross tombstone slash burial marker because it's not a genuine tombstone, is hammered down, showing Crazy Eight, real name unknown. As the sunset, May shows up with flowers. She looks down at the marker and kneels, laying her flowers down and silently saying her piece, and she walks on. The end, for now. Yes. Opinion, Zach. <laughs> it's very, it's very uh, touching and hard, and again, no words. So the Nuff said concept was something that across this particular month of books that cover dated February, 2002, the main Marvel lines that, and I'm not, we're not talking about mini series and we're not talking about the ultimate lines. Uh, all the main Marvel lines, which spider girl was still a part of at the time did this experiment. And basically a year prior uh, and this is according from the book because the, a good chunk of the script is in the back of, of the individual issue, but the entire script is actually in the back of the, of the, uh, I, is it the entire back. script? I thought it was just a little few more pages. I didn't think it was the entire script though. No, it, it is. I, I, cause I went and looked. Um, and the reason why I said that is because they actually have across the top. Uh, cause what, what happens is, is. Okay. In, yeah. In, in the original book, it ends with pages 16 through 18. Mm -hmm. That's there. Um, but 
even then it kind of it, it omits uh, some of the notes to Pat because we we learn through this script who uh, who Funny Face's mom is, and that uh, I don't expect. And this is says Pat. While I don't expect any of the readers to recognize her, she's a woman called Angel Face who appeared in Green Goblin number eight and number eleven and was Phil York's major nemesis. The right side of her face is horribly scarred, and she has a distinctive tattoo below her left eye. Yeah, I would say if you want more insight on like what the panels are supposed to be, because I'm sure even I might be reading far too into it, then because I don't I didn't look at this while writing my breakdown right. as I should have. But okay. no, I think I do a pretty good job uh at understanding yeah. what's going on. But um it's uh it is in the back of volume three, which you should get. It just came out, so you should go get it now. Um, and yeah, like one of the first things on these notes, and this is something that I think is even in the back of the floppy, the original floppy, is yes. this first page. And it says, Pat, this issue, we're going to show how different individuals deal with grief. And I think that this issue does that beautifully without saying anything at all. Yeah. Which is cool yeah. and very hard to do. And, um, you know, it doesn't get the credit. I don't think that this issue gets the credit that it deserves. I think a lot of people don't even know it exists. Um, yes. Uh, and I would, if you're, if you want to get into writing comics, I highly recommend go back and, and find all of these issues because everybody writes differently. The scripts are very different. Uh, the notable mm -hmm. exception of the Nuff said books that didn't come out because it ended up getting delayed yeah, uh, three months was the Amazing Spider-Man issue. Um, ran into some delays because of JMS, and so it didn't come out until May cover date. Uh, mm -hmm. And but all the rest of them came out uh, as advertised. So uh, one of my favorite ones, besides this one, was the mimes from Peter Parker Spider-Man and Paul Jenkins. Yeah, wrote. it was very hilarious. Uh, but this one is incredibly somber, and it it. You're right. It has such a. Well, see, this is so the issue at hand is when I when this issue came out again, like I said, like I just turned 11 and 9-11 was on all of our heads. I actually wasn't even aware that they were doing the enough said issues um, until like you said that. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is a part of that, which is one reason why I was like, I know that this wasn't for 9-11, but it it almost lined up because the issue that I had. I guess with connecting this to 9-11 a lot is the fact that we were constantly having those moments of silence and remembrances at the time. And, you know, I, I maybe a lot of me, because originally I didn't understand why we were being silent. Like, why aren't we talking about this? Like, that's how you remember things. Right. And this issue does a really good job at, of understanding the importance of, taking a moment to reflect and that's yeah, what a moment of silence is supposed to do and it helped me learn that i guess as a kid so that's why yeah. i always associate it with it and of course it did it is though i think it's is it the it's not the only enough said issue that has the 9-11 symbol right or is it i can't it, remember I started that across the entire line so every yeah. every every issue starting starting this month had the 9-11 yeah uh, ribbon on it uh you know for me 9-11 was a weird day because I was amongst the last in the school to find out me and the other football players because I was in eighth grade. And so we practiced in the mornings. And so we would do our practices 
from like six o'clock till till nine o'clock and we didn't have any idea what was happening and nobody came out and told us we just went through practice as normal and we're late yeah. for our second period class and that's when you know every teacher had we had tvs in every room um mm-hmm. and they could only pick up about two stations via antenna they had mm-hmm. built in an- and so we actually and i didn't have my glasses that day and i wasn't wearing contacts at the time and so i walked around that entire day blind so i'm doing this the whole squinting thing to try to see better because i'm nearsighted not farsighted and yeah but like how how did you even manage class it was awful okay <laughs> it was awful. but there i'll tell you every teacher except my um we didn't do anything that day uh it, we literally uh-huh. just sat watched the news and so i remember like you say it was just it was a very strange and there was so much fear of follow-up attacks and so you know and having moments of silence because they were you know they were still at, at, at this point in december they were still uh unfortunately finding human remains and, and yeah it was- it, it, there was still a lot of going on and that's what i'm saying is that like it it really was like now, you know, news is all doom and gloom all the time, but this was like the first time I think I really, really, truly remember it being that way for good reason. But it was like every single day there was something new um, or yeah. so, some yeah, new, newer study or some thing that was going on mm-hmm. um, for, the for ticker. me. Huh? The, the ticker that's about across the bottom of every yeah. news station started on september 11th more than like yeah never because uh, I've, I've watched quite a few like remembrances in, in in the years since and and they nbc specifically said yeah we started that just so that way we could get people the information because a lot of people in new york two of one of the towers uh was the antenna for the c mm-hmm. the abc and nbc local affiliate stations and so yeah. those were completely knocked out. The only station that had information was CBS, the local CBS affiliate. So, uh, and that's why that was one of the reasons they started doing that, so that way they could at least get that information. Uh, the national feeds were okay, but the local feeds were were all knocked out. And so, it's a it's a and it's very macabre to talk about it. I'm sure, but for those that of us that lived through that it's very much reflected in, in the storytelling here. And it, you're right. It, it, I, I think it was something that they talked about doing and then they're like, Hey, maybe we should do this now. And to, you know, to have and, and an issue like this where you're, where you're essentially having a funeral. I mean, the, just the visuals are incredibly powerful. I, I think it's a masterclass by both Tom and Pat. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they do an incredible job. It's one of the best ones of the entire month of books. I mean, to me, again, like I said, like this is one of the comics that like if someone asked me, name your top 10 comics, which of course most of them are Spider-Girl, but this is definitely one that's like in the top of like if I want to show somebody how powerful comics as a medium can, I do show them this issue. Um, just because th- this issue really is a work of art to me in the sense that like look at how much it can convey in a story without saying anything and i think that it really hit that enough said on 
on all accounts, but again, because it does deal with grief and it does deal with things we were dealing with at the time, it's one of the first comics that I really remember getting to me mm-hmm. in that way. Um, the phrase so, enough said is a Stan Leeism that mm-hmm. uh, he a lot um, throughout his tenure as at EIC of Marvel and writing and stuff like that. So it was kind of the, the phrase enough said was definitely a tribute to him. But yeah, it's it's very it speaks to a lot. Um, it's it's not a, issue thirty six of Amazing is very preachy because it was very much written in the emotions of the moment. This one is very somber as an issue, and it I think not saying that it wouldn't have been enhanced by words, but I think it's enhanced more by the lack of. And yeah. I don't know. Everybody pulled that off that month, but Spider Girl did. This is one of yeah. this is just an amazing, amazing, amazing issue. Uh, all the puns intended. So, yeah. uh, I, I have no other further notes, Kelly. If you want to, do we want to move yeah, forward? Yeah, no. I uh, we can go move forward. Uh, so, yeah. Spider Girl forty two. Uh, released on January 4th, 2002, and the cover date is March 2002. Mother's Day. Oh. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and I uh, this one, uh, you did not write, because I asked you to to help me with my stuff, but if I'm not mistaken, 42 is drawn by Ron Friends. I was about to mention, this is this is Ron Friends Returns. Uh, Liv Say is the inker on this one. I think this is the only time that Liv Say does Ron's uh, inks. But um, yeah, yeah, it is written I'm by the Wondering Falco. if there's like at least I think there might be one or f- one or two more times. Possibly. We'll, yeah. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, learn we'll as we see. Go. We'll 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 remember when we get to it because uh, it will be fresh in our heads. But that- Mother's Day, yeah, oh. which very oh, app, very appropriate. I did not plan this, but here we are because uh, Sunday is Mother's Day for you. Well. Audio listeners, this might be after Mother's Day, but our viewers, we are filming this on a Friday, May 7th, 2021, and uh, the 9th is Mother's Day, so go, uh, you know, buy things for your mom if she's here. If not, I understand it's a hard holiday. I'm sorry. Um, But yes, it is Mother's Day. So, Angel Face is obviously out of Ravencroft, and she's beating the crap out of some thugs looking for who murdered her son. Funny Face and Angel Face don't care about the previous gang war arrangements anymore. They need to find Mr. Nobody and the little witch called Spider Girl. May and Peter are hovering over Mary Jane, who has come back from the hospital, but put on severe bed rest and has a wheelchair for when she needs to get around. May is trying not to think back on crazy eight's death and focus on her mom because she knows it wasn't her fault, but she can't help but feel responsible. The phone rings. And while Mary Jane and Peter argue about her getting into bed by herself, May answers the phone to find Phil and Normie need her to go to the website. Funny face is on a rampage. Canis talks to his goon who is advising funny face uh, is going rogue. While at the kennel, they see a wolf who has rabies. Canis kills it with his bare hands, advising that this is just what you have to do to deal with a mad dog. And grief can turn even the sanest person mad. Uh Uh-oh. So at the website, May is a bit hyperbolic about the situation of the faces telling... 
basically blaming everything on her mother. Phil advises how dangerous Angel Face uh, can be and how he fought her as Green Goblin when he was the Green Goblin the first time. And Daredevil had to save his butt. Uh, May tells him she doesn't intend to go fight them. She'll leave uh, she'll leave it for someone else to deal with and uses, again uses her mom's condition as a shield to admit she's upset over what happened with Crazy 8. The faces uh, continue their rampage mistake, mistakenly uh, going to a Canis-owned betting parlor and looking for Mr. Nobody. Jessica Drew is looking in on her son's room when Peter Parker and Julia Carpenter show up at her door Julia demands to see Jerry as she wants to talk to him about his new identity and thinks her and Peter can help him. Jessica advises that he's out. Uh, Jerry is looking for the faces. He knows that they are looking for someone and he is going to bust them before they can do more harm. Jerry scares a guy who really doesn't have the answers for him. Uh, and Dark Devil appears to tell him to drop that poor man. Uh, May walks to school thinking about how she hid it behind her mother's condition and it feels kind of guilty about using it as a reason to avoid putting on her webs and how silly that is because it wasn't her fault. Uh, but to be smart, she shouldn't get involved. Courtney runs up and explains that Brad knows about Jimmy and Heather and he, she needs help on what to do to prevent the fight. May tells her she can't get involved. Kingpin and Mr. Nobody are discussing what is going on at Rikers. The coward that he is, Mr. Nobody refuses to accept blame for the hit, claiming he to kill Spider-Man and Spider-Girl prevented the hit and really blame for what has now caused both Canis and Fisk millions. This is a huge stretch because, like I said, May did not pull that trigger or was even involved in the fight. Plus all the premeditation about how Mr. Nobody didn't trust Crazy 8. Just saying WTF Fisk uh, because he is not that stupid. So what is he playing at here? Uh, Fisk agrees with Nobody about the blame for the time being and asks for Nobody to contact Canis to make a deal because the enemy of his enemy is his friends. And their common enemy is, well, a lot of people. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry is so excited to meet Dark Devil. Like, really excited to meet Dark Devil. He wants a team up against the faces. He blames their rampage on himself because spider girl saved him and he wants to help stop them before they can hurt somebody else. He knows dark devil has helped spider girl before. So why not team up with him? Dark devil does it on one condition. Jerry needs to shut up. Jerry does not shut up. <laughs> and the best part about that panel is you see the little, the wry smile on dark, on dark. Devil's oh, he face. loves it. Riley loves yeah. it. Just, yeah, no. Uh, Riley loves it. Uh, so Jimmy and Heather are pretty bold while being at the school all over each other. Uh, but they're talking about how uh, basically what their plan is on how to get out of this mess that they are in because they know that they've been found out through the grapevine. Um, and Heather is, tells Jimmy that she's scared of Brad and Brad is right behind them and is very reasonably upset uh, about all of this. And especially because this is the first time he's laid eyes on them together like this. And instead of just of hearing it, he knows it's true. So he is very, very upset, reasonably so. Um, and 
when he's like, hey, look, you know, you're dating me. What's going on? She basically then drops the bombshell of, well, if you paid more attention to me than Mayday Parker, this wouldn't be happening. Which, hold up, girl. Hold up, girl. Um, You know, because this even dropped, like, when she drops this bombshell, even Jimmy is like, wait, what? You know, very they're very, very confused about what's going on. And, of course, Brad, being Brad, decides to shake this off and fight Jimmy like the man he is supposed to be and what the man is supposed to do in this situation because he's supposed to fight for his girl. Uh, Moose comes in and stops the fight before it happens, reminding Brad that you can't solve problems like this with a physical fight. It won't do any good. Um, May finally starts to admit to herself she might be avoiding getting back into her webs because of how guilty she feels over Crazy Eight's death. But that doesn't mean that she needs to go rush out and risk her neck uh, for the nutty faces. As she gets home, she finds Mary Jane's wheelchair and no Mary Jane. Where is mom? So May goes running through the house, calling for her mother, worried that something could have happened. Mary Jane just went to get water from the kitchen and decided to walk to get it. Uh, Mary Jane explains that she is obviously taking the doctor's orders to heart, but she's going to continue to live her life on her own terms and not become an invalid over fear. Uh, MJ tells May about her namesake and what Aunt, Aunt May taught her to always be yourself, no matter how many obstacles are in your way. It's easy to look like a winner when everything is going in your way, Uh, which our words to certainly live by. Uh, May and thinks, thinks about it and remembers tragedy doesn't build character. It only reveals it, which is also another Aunt Mayism. But this is in May's head. So that's why I'm not connecting it as two. Um, but at the Drew household, Peter and Julia are talking about Jerry. Jessica explains her side of the story. And apparently she used to read Harry Potter to Jerry. And I have to side note here because of this panel. Uh, She's reading Harry Potter as she's telling Julia and Pete that she would read Jerry's stories about the world's greatest superheroes. So just reminding you guys that Jessica Drew is a huge Potter head. (laughs) Huge. Uh, (laughs) And when they couldn't cure Jerry, she let them live. Basically, she's letting him live out his final days in the way he wanted by being a hero. May is walking around deep in thought on what to do about the faces and who to call for backup when Nova flies past. This gives May an idea. She runs to the website and starts getting the boys up to date on her plan. She asks if the Lady Hawk warehouse would be free, and Phil says yes. May asks Normie to pull out his Rolodex of contacts. What is May planning? Meanwhile, JJ goes to check on Nancy. Nancy has been avoiding him, and he assumes it's because she's jealous of May Parker. Uh, So Nancy slams the door in JJ's face as JJ gets a call. Richie is calling and advising the buzz got a very interesting email from spider girl. JJ gets into the buzz and meets up with spider girl. Turns out she's assembled a team. She's creating her own new warriors to help take down the faces. And that is the end of that issue. So Zach, what do you think of 42? (sighs) Great issue. Um, The cover for those that are uh, visual people, the cover is actually a homage to, uh, I think it's the, uh, if this be my destiny, and it's mm-hmm. a Ditko. 
And it is a direct homage. It's got the floating heads of guilt on one side. You've got Normie, MJ, and Pete. On the other side, you got Angel Face, the Green Goblin, which is weird, and then um, Funny Face. It's and it's got Spider Girl swinging in between them. It's a mm-hmm. very very iconic pose, but very much a homage to that particular issue. Uh, also has the um, in the in the circle. Uh, it has the 39 pose issue 39 pose in the circle for some reason. Uh, really great, great cover. Um, it's always nice to have Ron back on the artwork. If we're not going to yeah. have Pat, I love having Ron. Um, I love his MJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know you have this outfit with month of May day. <laughs> I did. I did do this outfit. Um, I, I think I might still have the hat, but I did not pull that out today. <laughs> I wear these pieces very separately, uh, but they could still work now. But it is a very uh, early 2000s look. It very much is. Very, very much. Um, uh, so I, I, I just like the intrigue. I like I like Angel Face and Funny Face being, you know, a mother-son team, uh, kind of wanting revenge. I like the, the subplot with Jerry. I love the interaction with, with Jerry and Dark Devil. It's great. Um, I like the fact that Moose, again, we've talked about how much he's grown as a character. He, he, again, he listens to Courtney. He, the only person he listens to is Courtney. Well, I mean, well, I'll put it, he, he does listen to his friends and stuff, but it's more of like, this is really showing that like, he's never been somebody that like, just wouldn't listen. Cause this also, this is showing growth compared to Brad, Brad, Brad Miller. Uh, is you know very much doing the doing the things that he has been told he has to do versus necessarily yep. what is a true right and wrong and this is something that happens with his character consistently through the series it's almost like he can't I, i'm sure like you know if we went into his home life his home life probably wouldn't be great he'd probably have a very toxic masculine father that oh, is yeah. telling him he has to do this to be a man um and that's kind of the situation because like, to me, this is a very, I feel like I might be reading too much into it at sometimes, but it's, it's very much, it's like Moose is being the bigger man and being the bigger guy going, Hey, this is not how you resolve your girlfriend cheating on you. This is not how you're going to resolve the situation by fighting. So you got to let this go, which, you know, that is being the bigger person that is honestly having enough forethought to realize that violence is not going to solve the situation. It's only going to make it worse, which is what Courtney was trying to tell Moose in Courtney's own way. Cause Courtney is a little firecracker at times. <laughs> um, especially Courtney does not hold back when she sees, no. when she sees something's wrong. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, it's, <sighs> It, the thing is, is like, but Brad feels like he has to. And so we, we're getting that juxtaposition now because that's why Moose and Brad probably got along so well is because they probably grew up in a similar environment. Although we do learn Moose's environment is a lot more positive. Um, Brad's, I'm sure, is a lot more negative. And that's why we're seeing them become kind of the opposite in ways to go. And it's, it's just, it's really interesting. Um, my notes for this, if you don't have, do you have any more notes, Zach? That, that's that's okay. all I've got right now. All right. So like my my random notes is like I saw that Courtney had a sociology in you, which might seem like a weird subject for high school, but I took AP, marine biology. So that AP means like it was a college course. 
uh, and I took meteorology in high school. Uh, so these were my electives. So, you know, good on Courtney, uh, as I, I too like multiple science things. I, I'm horrible at science, but I like sitting in class and pretending I'm smart. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I hate to mention the bad take that happened on our discord the other day, but, um, I, when I was reading this this afternoon, I couldn't help but like bring this up because gross yes. on Jerry. Um, like I know that he didn't know, uh, and right now even May doesn't know, but I don't think Riley finds May to be a babe. I mean, Jerry can find her to be a babe. That's fine. But I don't think Riley does. Uh, and that pairing is just gross. And uh, what is wrong with you? Okay, bye. Like, Because uh, that happened on our Discord the other day. I realized that even the guy saying it was like, I didn't think that through. That's a bad take. But ew. <laughs> I'm just going to it. It's skin crawlingly ew. And I'm not meaning that against the person that said it. I get like we all pop off on like random head thoughts and it doesn't work out. They are genetically siblings. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. I can, I can, um, I'm just gonna leave it alone. Yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I think I said I think I said what I needed to say at that uh when I when I saw it. But anyway, um, Again, uh, also want to mention, we know that Jimmy and Heather stay together, uh, but her just dropping that jealousy bomb really made it feel like she was just with Jimmy for the sole purpose of making Brad jealous. And I accidentally wrote bread to help you on your other things. So bread jealous, uh, which, you know, this is now twice if we count the half issue yes. that she used Jimmy for her own means. And that's not cool. It's not cool, no. Heather. Uh, don't use people. Don't play with their feelings to make you feel better. It's not a good look. But we do know that they do stay together. And, uh, you know, especially in Amazing, I think that they're a far better, stronger couple. But this is not a good start for Jimmy and Heather. This is very messy. So, yeah, that's, not, that's all I have. It's just like, it's such a messy situation. Um, and then, you know, we already discussed my toxic masculinity discussion. So, yes, go to previous episodes of Make My Mayday. Um, well, what we just talked about it like yeah, yeah, minutes yeah. ago. I don't have to go back into it. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's, been an, it's been an ongoing discussion on, on the show. Well, um, it's an ongoing discussion within the series. It's true. It's very true. So, yeah, that, that leads us to the final issue of the episode. Yeah. Issue 43. Uh, also, I oh. see an April Parker. I'm not sure if that's Kelly or if it really is April Parker from Earth 982. Oh, hi. Hi, April. Hi, April. <laughs> uh, big, but, yeah. Uh, and and we'll, we'll go through the comments here in yeah. a little bit. Uh, this is notable, and I double-checked this because it was in the back of in the letters page. Mm -hmm. It says in two weeks. Um on the letters page of 42. And so this was indeed published two weeks after. Um, oh, wow. So we had two issues. Yeah. Cause you didn't get you. Yeah. You forgot my, my breakdown. Can I get yes. my breakdown please? Thank you. It, it, it's in there. It's in there now. So, uh, well, I, I'm looking at my notes. Like I pulled, remember I pulled them. So my oh. internet doesn't drop. Oh, that's right. All right. Hang on. I'll send that to you in the private chat. Well, thank you. 
Uh, or I mean, you could just say it. Okay. So, all right. Um, Sp- cover says Spider Girl issue forty three. Spider Girl and her amazing friends is what it says on the cover, but the actual title is a separate piece. Yeah, also, I have that. Uh, also, cover dated March of two thousand two. Released two weeks after issue forty two on January sixteenth, two thousand two. Tom and Pat and Al, all three return for this particular issue. Yay. All right. So yeah, so this episode or this, this issue is called a separate piece and piece is P E A C E not pieces, any piece of something. Um, AKA spider girl and her amazing friends. Uh, but we will find out why that is a very, uh, false, uh, title for this issue and it is all May's fault. Unfortunately, I have just can't, can't deny that. So the new warriors are assembled and ready to hunt down the faces. Spider girl and a lady Hawk are mic'd up to talk uh, and Raptor are talked up to talk to their man in the chair, Normie Osborne. While on patrol, lady Hawk sees something that might mean the funny faces are in her sector and the others, um, or the other Lady Hawk helping in the control room advises Normie that sh- he needs to call back up for her sister. The warriors show up to find it's just Dark Devil. Dark Devil's wondering why, he, and he, this is his words, the Legion of Morons are there for him. Spider Girl tries to explain the story, but Spider Man comes in all puffed up chest, uh, like he's ready to fight everybody because this is his beat. This is his story. How dare she? How dare she team up with more people than he does? Because um, that's exactly how that's going down. Um, he, so Spider-Man downplays the situation and Buzz rightfully questions that because this is a gang war. Um, they throw jabs at each other and Lady Hawk and Raptor remind the boys uh, that they are there because the faces are on the loose on a rampage to avenge their family member. The Goblin advises Dark Devil and Spider-Man to join the Warriors to help in the gang war, but Dark Devil isn't cool with it. Meanwhile, in Forest Hills, Peter is putting on his webs, but not for the gang war. He thinks if Spider-Man can talk to Jerry, maybe he can help him hang up his and get help. Mary Jane's not convinced that Peter is actually doing this for Jerry's benefit, though. The faces are beating more people up again when the Warriors finally find them. Turns out that Canis has a bounty on Spider-Girl's head, so even though they save the goons, the goons aren't quite ready to go run off and be thankful, so they start fighting the warriors. Buzz and Raptor banter a bit, uh, which I thought was really funny and really cute, and Angel Face advises Spider-Girl she also blames her for her son's death. Uh Uh-oh. So Canis and Fisk meet at Rikers. They discuss the situation about the gang war and we find out Mr. Nobody has been fired and is no longer under Fisk's protection. So that's what Fisk was up to in the last issue. Uh, He was about to throw Mr. Nobody under the bus, as we will find out. So Mr. Nobody is mad as heck. I wrote a different word uh, about it and feels like $10,000 is pennies for what he's worth. Spider-Man and Dark Devil are willing to help throw that back in Fist's face, however, and ambush Mr. Nobody. They start fighting. 
We cut back to the face fight with the Warriors and things aren't what they seem. It seems that May planned to set up a fight to get the faces distracted so she can get some alone time with Angel Face. Wait, what? What, what is May planning here? Be careful what you wish for a girl. Dark Devil and Spider-Man are in a pickle as Mr. Nobody planned ahead and sets up a way to let the place shoot itself up. Luckily, before Mr. Nobody can teleport and start said plan, another Spider-Man enters, catching Mr. Nobody from behind. Oh no, who is it? So Peter sadly lands wrong and looks a bit silly. Uh, Jerry plays... Jerry doesn't notice and plays it up big that, be you know, he's the Spider-Man and therefore looks sillier. As Dark Devil kind of snickers and tells Jerry that this is the real Spider-Man that he's being a jerk to. And Jerry starts to freak because if this is really Spider-Man, this is Jerry's best day ever. Um, so <laughs> in the fight with the faces, Buzz gets electrocuted. The goblin gets played and Raptor and Lady Hawk go down. Funny faces almost single funny face almost single-handedly takes them down. Uh, on the rooftop, Angel Face and Spider Girl are fighting. Normie is on the comm link advising Spider Girl that everyone is offline. Uh in in a way that I will discuss it, my fan theory there. Um, Spider-Girl manages to pin Angel Face down and discuss how she wants to break this cycle of violence. And Angel Face asks for an offer she can't refuse. And that feels ominous. I, I did not say that word right, but you guys get what I'm saying. So Jerry, Dark Devil, and Peter are on a rooftop after the police took in Mr. Nobody. Dark Devil decides his team up is over and leaves. Jerry is so excited to work with the Spider-Man, he decides that he can change and be the Scarlet Spider, but he really, really wants to work with Spider-Man. Anything to work with the world's greatest detective. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Then <laughs> Peter agrees to tell Jerry anything he wants to know about a superhero career as long as he helps save a man's life. Pete asks Jerry to go into temporary retirement to save his own life. Right At Rikers, Candace and Fisk are working on negotiations and we learned that this is all a part of Fisk's plan because he's been doing this for years and knows that all he needs is one victory to win the war. So he's kind of playing uh, some psychological warfare with Canis and the warriors are freaking out about May's agreement with Angel Face um, you know, which is the truce to stop the fighting. She offered to let them leave the city and go somewhere else if they cease fire, hoping that this act of kindness would turn them around and make them rethink the villain thing. Which, poor May. Oh, poor, 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 poor May. Sweet summer child. <laughs> um, obviously, everyone else obviously knows slightly better about this. And as the Lady Hawk, who is in the control tower, says, May might be a little naive here. Normie defends her seemingly possibly in a real is might've been on the real idea is what it feels like with that face. Uh, May tries to reason with them on her plan, but the team does not buy it. She abused their trust to do something they weren't comfortable with. Lady Hawk is pissed and leaves. Buzz is over this team up as well. Um, at, I've uh, somebody else as well. Um, and refuses, oh yeah, he's fed up with the team, team up as well and refuses to be bound by this group any longer. So he also takes leave. Goblin reminds Spider-Girl that 
there may not have been a murder case against Funny Face, but Angel Face is definitely a convicted killer, and he hopes for May's sake that she honors her agreement, because if she kills again, it's blood on May's hands. Raptor tries to comfort May, and May asks for it straight. Did she really screw up? Big time. Peter and Julia see Jessica and Jerry off. Jerry has agreed to go into treatment, all thanks to Spider-Man. May is lost in thought when Nancy calls out to her. Nancy apologizes for her actions, and May tells her that it's okay. They all make mistakes. And that is the end for now. Uh, I want to note, Julia kind of goes, hmm, Spider-Man just happens to show up after I talk to you. Hmm, thought he was supposed to be dead. So I think Julia has, like, some suspicions. I think, yeah, Julia has, well, you could take it two ways. That Julia has suspicions or that Julia thinks that maybe Peter pretended to be Spider-Man to talk to Jerry. Because I don't know if she knows the full story. Yeah. So, um, great issue. Um, A good issue to end the episode on, truthfully. Because May is in a pickle of her own doing. And uh, it's interesting to sit there and read um, how how is Megan gonna get out of this? This is this is probably the biggest mistake that she's made so far, and I think that it's really really cool that even when she wins, she loses. This is kind of like the Parker luck manifesting in a, in a unique way. Um, Jerry Jerry meeting Peter is. okay this was jerry's best day ever let's be fair here he caught the bad guy he teamed up with dark devil and he got to meet his idol like (laughs) it's jerry's best day ever he ended ended his career on top yeah i i I do think and i I, i'm jumping off your notes a little bit but i also think that normie kind of understands he knew well he so he knew where she was coming from but the thing is is there's certain it's just it's the way he says the line about them being offline and she goes oh okay gotcha and then it because it almost kind of feels like he might have known so like to go into my notes like this issue is hard um and i you know i think we all know by now we know what it feels like to do everything with good intentions but still make a mistake because you're not running off like the full information and this is a grow like this is a part of growing growing up and it's a growing pain but may was so focused on ending the fight she forgot to look at the bigger picture on the situation and hiding her plan from her friends and her team she knows better than that because she's played team sports but because she was letting her emotions get the better of her and her guilt and her shame in in what happened with crazy eight you know this is a very big story to show you that all choices have consequences because we will be dealing with the consequences of this choice at a later time um again yeah like i said i love jerry meeting his idols um it was a good end to his story and i liked riley being a part of it because it was cute um but again it's like why do i get the feeling that once again may probably told told normie everything and normie told absolutely nobody anything because i'm like it's the whole thing is like they're very very close to each to each other and he just as a per like his personality holds everything close to his vest like close to his chest close to the vest um and it's not 
the issue is here like this is something that's like bringing up where it's like it might not be healthy uh and i hate saying it because like my thing is is may starts messing up about being more secretive uh when normie is around her and, and slightly influencing her uh, and it sucks because, like, again, they both have the best intentions. They have a great friendship. I love their friendship. Uh, but I'm starting to agree with the adults in this in this comic here. I don't know if he's necessarily a good influence because this is not um, it's not the best. I'll put it that way, just because, like, it kind of makes me feel like he knew that she was planning on this plan. And it was probably a judgment error on him. That he thought that like, oh, this should work too, but not telling your team is is wrong. Like this was this was very this was very much not okay. Um she should have explained the plan, but I know that too, she didn't want to get talked out of it. Yeah. Cause and she thought she thought she knew better and she just didn't want to fight anymore. Right. But this this is why you also you you tell like transparency is good. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, that's all I have on that. Uh, obviously, we're gonna kind of start getting into why this deal was so bad in the next episode. Um, Which so, uh, correct me if I'm wrong is forty four through forty seven. Yeah. So. May learn so basically we're gonna find out that May learns more about her Uncle Ben. A costume is stolen and someone holds it for ransom, learning Spider Girl's true identity. And yep, and Spider Girl goes head to head with the Omega Scroll. So next week, are we filming? Are we filming? Are we recording Uh, next week? uh, We we will let everybody know exactly when we're recording, but that's on. I think I think we're gonna be okay recording, but I just gotta. We'll we'll definitely. Yeah, we'll we'll discuss it. But yes. yeah, so next episode is going to be another whirlwind as we continue on Make Mine Mayday. So I, I'm excited. We are definitely getting into some of the fun storylines and really getting into the uh, what I think everyone counts as like classic Spider-Girl stories. Yes. And I'm excited because all of these big stories are getting... Uh, are setting up the stakes for marked for death, which I think is everyone's favorite story. Four issues next episode. It's going to be a smaller episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it makes sense. Trust me. Waylon, get down. It does. To- I, I've really looked. Hi, Waylon. <laughs> okay. He's I, yeah. You keep talking. I'll be right back. I'm going to go outside. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun episodes. Um, I am super excited. Uh, how Everybody that's listening in, let me know in the comments what you're most excited to see us discuss next. Because I am I'm excited, like I said, for Mark for Death. But I just, you know, I like talking about Spider-Girl with you guys. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, I asked everybody to put down what issues that they are excited to hear us talk about. Um, so, I'm just biased. as a question. I'm definitely looking forward to the next uh, issue 44. Um, oh, yeah. That's, I mean, and it's for obvious reasons. Um, yeah. Uh, but yes, everybody, uh, 
I think between this next episode and the following, we'll wrap up volume three. So. We will. Uh, and we will be getting back into the uh, uncharted territories. Cause I think once we hit 70, all we're going to have is the floppies or digital comics. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm really looking forward to spider girl 50. That's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Because I, I kind of talked about this on our discord, which if you haven't joined our discord, the uh, well, go to this is 50, not 51. Yeah, no. Uh, but I still have a theory about 50 because it ends on a splash page. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll so, continue to talk about the splash pages because there was a lot of, yeah. Uh, in, in the nineties. Yep. Yep. Uh, I love it. I just went up to 72. So mm -hmm. yeah, we got four left. Uh, we'll have one that we cover. Uh, the 44 is the end of this digest volume eight, and then we'll get into start yeah. volume. Eight, and yeah. Then it, it didn't make sense for us to do the review with 44 just because it starts up the new story. I felt like this, this closes Jerry's chapter, um, but does leave us on a cliffhanger uh, with yeah. the funny faces. Yeah. Or so that the repercussions of that. Faces. Yeah. The faces. Uh, the faces. Not to be confused with the Rod Stewart, um, uh, Jeff Beck, and Ronnie Wood band from the 1960s. Sorry. Uh -huh. There was a So before Rod Stewart got famous with his solo yeah. career, uh, him and Jeff Beck uh, and Ron Wood of the Rolling Stones mm -hmm. now all mm -hmm. were in a band called The Faces. Oh, so, okay. Gotcha. And and so, in fact, in in his in Rod Stewart's first hit, which was Maggie May, he talks about finding a rock and roll band that needs a helping hand. Yeah, and that's referencing the him joining the Faces. Ah. So, useless like, rock and roll trivia for the night that you didn't. There expect you go. Here on. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. So, did we get any? Um, so okay, the reviews or voicemails. Oh, yeah. uh, there is no voicemails, uh, but I will let me mention the uh, voicemail line. Yes. Uh, and so I forgot to grab uh, the wild thing uh, issue that Binkman gave me out of my car because it is still sitting in the passenger seat uh, from when I got it over the weekend. But thank you, Vinkman, for uh, giving me that uh, second issue because I did not have that one in my wild thing pack. So now I have I I hope all the variant covers of all of them at this point. Nice. I keep finding different ones that I didn't know about, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but so, hey. so okay. Our voicemail line for those that want to leave us a voicemail, want to have their voicemail played on the show. If you want to have your voice on the show, is eight one eight nine two five six six three one. Uh, that is the voicemail line. If you want to leave us an email, you can always leave us emails at different page, make my mayday at gmail.com or spidey dude radio network at gmail.com. Uh, you can also we'll be posting uh, things on r slash spider girl, which is the mm -hmm. Reddit page. Um, yep. Always that our friends over there as well. Don't as, add an S when you're looking for it though. Don't add the S. Don't add the S. Entirely different. Like it, it, it's it. And it's not, the S does not mean the Spider Girls uh, three issue mini at all. Just just saying, no. like no. I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not hating on Anya and Annie here. I just mean your eyes don't need to see what goes on in the plural area. Yes. Yeah. So 
we we are we're going to try to record next week, but we, we want I be sure to follow our socials uh, at Spidey Dude Radio on Twitter at Spidey Dude Network on Facebook and Instagram. We will make the announcement. Uh, I'll go ahead and say I got a job, and so there's some yeah. things. Yay! The good news I mean, it's, is, it's yay, yay, job because you've uh, you know you've been struggling to find work for a little bit. So yay! But it's uh, it it's going to be a big change for Zach. Uh, so we are working on figuring everything out because it's. I, yeah. I want to. I want to keep our momentum. I want to keep us going. I don't want us to stop because I definitely want us to be able to be the Spider Girl podcast that actually finishes reviewing everything oh that listen and that's, we are, that's, an, and that's not a dig at no that's the, not a dig at me or or the the new uh ultimate spider cast uh one that's got lilith hellfire yeah. uh because she just started so i'm sure she she could go all the way too but like i i want us to keep this going because it's like i'm starting to see more spider girl stuff come out of the woodwork from fans and I would yes, like to. We, I would hope that that's coming from what we're doing here a little bit. Yeah, so and I, you know, the, I want to big stop. goal. Next, yeah, the big goal next week, and I'm going to be working on it over the weekend, is getting the audio all straightened out. I've got six, seven, and eight done. Uh, I've got the last three episodes done. It's the gap in between those two, the four episodes that we've done outside of this one that I haven't done. I'm going to finish the, I'm going to work on this one uh, tonight and have it in the can and ready to go. So the patrons will be getting the last three episodes first or anybody else as well as this one. So that's the plan. And then we'll start filling in the gaps and releasing them to the general public on the audio only version. So the goal is, is by midway through next week, I'm done with make my mayday catching up and then, uh, spider dude experience, it's not as bad. Greg Bishansky helped me out because there was a few episodes that I thought yeah. I downloaded. <coughs> but oh, no. well, I will say Apple, uh, the Apple update on Apple podcast did cause yeah. a couple of older episodes to go crazy. So you might have posted them and they just didn't get published because who knows what that. Yeah, I'm going to have to do some research and make sure because I don't I'm hoping that they didn't change the um, resolution on the covers again. Mm -hmm. Because the fourth time that they've, that they've done it. The Look, good I'm, news is... I'm Android, so I have no clue. I just follow <laughs> us on Spotify. Yes, which everything... Spotify had a different problem of just keeping everything, even if it wasn't supposed to be published. <laughs> well, and, and their interface is awful. But, yeah. like, it's great for... Listen, it's great for consumers. It's really hard. It's really easy to set up a podcast. It's really hard to take down a podcast or fix a podcast because you have zero control over Spotify. Yeah. Um, so working on that, we're working on getting all the audio caught up and that way we can continue to do things. Um, it's just, uh, I, I don't want to say yet. Uh, eventually I'm going to get settled in these first few weeks though. I'm going to have to, we're, we're trying to determine what the exact scope of work is I'm going to work for my cousin. I'll be laying, uh, internet fiber optic lines and above ground and above and below ground. So that's what I'll be doing. And, and so, um, this is a massive project in the middle of literally nowhere, Nebraska. So <laughs> I have no idea, uh, what the internet situation is going to be like. 
Wait, why is nowhere in Nebraska getting fiber before me and I'm in Atlanta? It's just my neighborhood, which I feel is uh, crazy. I, have, I literally have fiber all around me, Kelly. Not, not going to lie. Yeah, and, I know. But I can't use it in town. And so eventually, um, this is only temporary. I'm not moving to Alaska. I'll be just working up there temporarily. Oh, you said Alaska or Nebraska? Nebraska. I, I meant Alaska. I, I didn't mean Alaska. Nebraska. <laughs> uh, just oh, going to no. try to go further north and further there north. There you go. Uh, yeah. Um, no, that's so, like I say, we'll we'll definitely figure out the scheduling and get it down. I'll, yeah. I'll be back here for the month of June. So there will be a couple episodes in June. Well, uh, I mean, so originally we had planned on taking that off and then maybe doing a offshoot here or there. So regardless of what happens, um, I did still want to kind of keep that for you because, yeah. you know, that's still important. Uh, mm -hmm. And of course we always all need a break, uh, but yes. we'll, we're going to work this out and we will explain any changes that, are supposed to happen for me if we have to, or, you know, anything we will figure it out and we will let you guys know. So always keep track of our personal socials. Um, yes. The easiest way I think to contact me at this point, because I am addicted is Twitter. Um, <laughs> but that's because the reason I'm addicted to Twitter is because I found so many wonderful spider girl fans that let me just be Talk. a giant spider girl nerd and talk to them and see them geek out and have fun. And I'm talking about you see amazing fan art, amazing fan theories, even if they're off the wall and crazy. They're a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, so I will make sure that everything is always up to date there. I will try to be better on my Instagram and uh, especially on Reddit as mm -hmm. well. Um, I'm going to leave the actual Spidey Dude stuff to Zach over here. Uh, since he has access and I don't, um, well, I do have it on Facebook, but like, you know, I try not to like do too much on that. Right. No, fairness, I, but no, that's, and it's fine. Um, but yes, definitely follow us on the, on the Facebook page. Uh, I'll be posting things on the Twitter. If I could, if I could share the Twitter stuff, I would and let everybody have access to it, but it's just the way Twitter is. Well, it's, it's, it's a safety feature. Uh, yes. You remember when everyone used to be able to easily hack Twitter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So follow yeah. Kelly at Make Mind Radio on Twitter and TikTok. Follow me on Twitter at Spidey Dude Radio. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Patreon, Twitch at Spidey Dude Network. Eventually, this will be also that's going to be the U URL for YouTube. We're at eighty-four subscribers, so we slowly but surely um, we, we, added we need. Let's let's get a drive up, guys. Like if you yeah. know people that want to listen to Spider Girl or want to learn more about Spider Girl, because I actually think we do a pretty good job at breaking these down. Um, so that way, if somebody maybe doesn't have the time to read the comics and needs something in a more audio form, I hope to think that we do a pretty good job. And I think that it's a really good show uh, to give to a comic fan or a newer Spider-Man fan that maybe wants to learn more about Mady Parker and her history without, uh, you know, losing too much of their time and can multitask. Cause I understand being busy. <laughs> yes. You, you live a very busy life. I mean, you're going to have to work all weekend. It sounds like so. Plus try to do 
this. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, if you want to see Kelly talk about current Spider-Man comics, check out her on the Crawl Space podcast. It's the amazing review this weekend. Right? Yeah. So tomorrow on the Crawl Space, we will be doing uh, ASM. I think it's the last three issues. And then we will be doing some spider news. Um, I currently have been researching something I heard on my other show, Two Geek Girls, about a glider. Uh, but I have not found anything about that. So if anybody knows those leaks, let me know because I'm trying to determine that. And I'm talking about like I've talked to my friends that worked on set. They don't know anything about it. I know the people that literally they they literally have their hands in everything in the movie sets here. And like they know all the ins and outs and everything, but they do it for the uh, speculation sites like for yeah. their their speculation youtubes uh which by the way if you like speculation and spoiler stuff everything always uh his name's michael he's really cool it's a really good site he does he really good youtube channel he does uh, a lot of good stuff but he knows nothing about it i couldn't find it anywhere so if you guys know what uh crystal was talking about with a glider uh of so someone's glider doesn't know which goblin it is but someone's glider uh, let me know because I have a feeling that that was someone, a uh, prop maker who maybe did not actually work on set, just talking out their butt for clout. Is what it sounds like. Yeah. So this is this is why mostly on the network I try to avoid talking about rumors unless it's like reported in Variety because like it's a it because I get stuck in those Twitter holes and so it's it's it can be a big time suck. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, I, I get to I get to talk about boob socks tomorrow on Spider News because I get to talk about the J. Scott Campbell uh, Twitter drama. Oh boy, you have yeah, fun. Well, okay, I'll look. I think I'm the best middleman in in all of the group to do that with, though. <laughs> I understand both sides. You're you're, you're going to be the fairest of of um, of that. Yeah. So again, if you want to if you want to watch uh, them, they're live on YouTube at uh, Spider Man Crawl Space on on um, YouTube, mm -hmm. as well as their Facebook page uh, and I think Twitter and Twitch. And so, Twitch and uh, there are ju we just got on Pandora, Amazon. Right. So all so basically all most of the podcast spheres that you can find us here at Spidey Dude Network on. You can also find Crawl Space if you want to, but you don't have to. But if you want yeah. to. Um, because it is a different feel. I will say that just different people, different opinions. Again, like we said at the beginning of the show, uh, you know, we're all talking about the Hellfire Gala and how the X-Men podcasters get to be all classy and fancy and have their little Zoom parties all together as a family. Our family is basically Fight Club. But what else would you expect from the Spider-Verse? Exactly. Exactly. So like I say, um, be sure to watch her tomorrow. We will definitely check out our socials and uh, spidey-dude.com slash events. Once we get the schedule firmed up, then we're going to go from there. So uh, with that, I bid everybody a good evening. And so if you're listening to us on the audio version, thanks for listening. And we'll uh, see you guys next time. You're on. Bye, guys. All right, that wraps up this episode of Make My Mayday, the show all about the MC2 universe and Spider-Girl's world. Thanks for listening. If you're an audio listener, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcatcher. We'll read the reviews on a future episode. Give us five stars if you like it. 
If you don't, be sure to leave us feedback at places like that, or you can always leave us an email at makemymedia at gmail.com, as well as spideyduderadionetwork at gmail.com. If you want your voice to be heard, you can have it heard on this very program. 818-925-6631 is the phone number for the entire radio network. Be sure to give us a name, where you're calling from, and what show you're calling about. And we'll play it on the respective shows that uh, you're talking about. Also, be sure to become a Patreon member. Go to patreon.com slash Network. You can be like our Patreon member, Vinkman. Thanks again, Vinkman, for your help in ensuring this show continues being broadcast all across the interwebs. Also, if you like us, be sure to follow us on our social medias, at Radio on Twitter, at Network on Instagram and Facebook, as well as Twitch. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time here on... Make Mine Mayday.